Hi everyone and welcome to the Inspired and Authentic podcast with me, Katie Ford. I am your host and I am in this season sharing with you lessons, my top lessons over the last 10 years, both having worked in practice as a veterinary surgeon, now running three of my own businesses within the veterinary space, having trained as a coach, being a speaker and being a very proud recipient of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons Inspiration Award this year as well. As promised in the title of the podcast, I am always going to be authentic with you and my aim is for these podcast episodes to be inspiring as well as feeling a little bit like getting a voice note from a friend. So I say this with like kindness in terms of the way that I deliver these episodes is often when I send people a voice note or if I end up chatting to them before they're going to go and speak at a conference they always say oh my gosh I need Katie in my pocket I just need you to send me these little pep talks now and again and that is what I want this podcast to feel like so I'm going to be real with you here time management this was a really highly requested one on my stories as well and what I want to start with saying is I would feel like a total hypocrite if I was to sit here and say I am perfect at time management. Everything is military precision and it's all wonderful and it's done in the way in which the world expects it to be because that's not real and that's not authentic and actually perfect doesn't exist. Over the years, I found it really hard um, trying to find ways to manage time um, and you'll see in a minute why managing time is, is tricky but actually it brought me a lot of lessons and it brought me insights and the more curiosity that I could bring to myself about okay, that worked for me, this didn't work for me and that's okay and what can I learn from that and what do I want to take forward with that? It's been the most valuable thing, to be honest. So as I say, I'm not going to sit here and pro proclaim to say that this is my absolute area of expertise in terms of saying you should do this and you should do that. But what I am incredibly proud of is my mindset and my self-compassion aimed towards management of priorities and time. Because it's a tricky area. We're handed through life all the ways that we should do things. And often they end up being these little subconscious cross-references that we judge ourselves for not doing them in those ways. One thing that's been really interesting as I was sat thinking about what I wanted to share in this episode was the different ways in which I've experienced time management techniques and things that have worked over the years in the different settings. And actually having spent many years in veterinary practice, working in what is essentially a very structured way even though it's a very unpredictable profession in many ways as well, versus working from home and running my own schedule, I've been really insightful. So for example, when I worked in veterinary practice, and many of you listening to this, I know do as well, you've got a set schedule. You might not always stick to that, but you know that in theory, you might be doing consultations between 9 and 12.30. Then you might head into surgery for a couple of hours. Then there's a space where lunch should be, and then there is afternoon consultations will start again. And perhaps you might have some protected time to speak to the clients or to write up some extra notes or do some of the admin work and so on. And every day might look a little bit different depending on what shift you're on. But someone to an extent has dictated where and when you should be doing something. So that was a real shift for me then starting to be self-employed and running my own business because suddenly you've got all this time and you've got all these tasks and suddenly you have to decide which one's going where and what's a priority and I think I went from when I was in practice thinking I'm actually quite good at time management 
to heading out and running my own business and kind of having this smorgasbord of tasks and where do I fit these in, I had this realisation that this is trickier than I realised and this is something that I have more to learn about myself for. And I'll be absolutely honest and authentic with you, there were times in the beginning where there was a lot of self-criticism and self-judgment around it, but I hadn't realised actually how much that structure in practice had helped me. You know, for example, I'm going to share this as an example. If you arrive at work in vet practice and, I don't know, you're feeling a little bit tired and, I don't know, all sorts of things have gone on in life, I don't need to give you examples, you still know that there's someone sat in the waiting room to see you at 9am. So you're going to take them through and you're going to do your job and you're going to go through and do the work. Whereas when I was then in practice, uh, sorry, in my own business, and it was nine o'clock in the morning and I was a bit tired. I'd be like, well, what am I going to do today? Well, you know what, actually, I'm, I'm quite tired today. So I'm going to do this task and this task. And then actually, I don't know which of the tasks to do at all. Um, you know what, I'm going to have a nap. I'm going to nap. And then this afternoon, I'll do a bit more. Well, I'm going to start again tomorrow. And I'll do it tomorrow. Oh my gosh, there's a deadline. So I'm going to get everything done really quickly. And that wasn't every single day, but I'm sure there'll be many of you that that resonate with that. And I started to realise there's something more for me to learn here. And I did learn things. I did learn a system and a lot of different things that helped me. So I'm going to share you some of my lessons and there'll be some prompts along the way for you as individuals, because I think that's really important. And it often gets missed when we're talking about time management and task management is that everyone's different. Everyone's going to have different things that help them at different times. And if I share anything here, it's not for you to judge yourself against. I just really encourage you to bring some curiosity and start having an open mind to things that you might like to try or how you might look back at things that have worked before and get curious so that you can set up your mindset towards time management and task management and what works for you. Because I could sit here and regurgitate um, the Pomodoro method. I could regurgitate the Eisenhower matrix, which... I actually love that one for me. I could talk about time blocking, but what good is that? Because that information is out there everywhere. And that is probably one of my biggest lessons is that you do not have to fit the mold of how you think that you should do things. People's brains work differently, right? We're getting more and more talk about um, neurodiversity out there as well, quite rightly so. And something that I think needs to be spoken about even more, because often when we say to people, this is how you should be structuring your day. This is the task that you should do first. You should always eat the frog. You should always time block. You should always do this. You should always do that. Is that actually when someone tries that and it doesn't work? They're just like, oh, I'm terrible at this. Maybe that's just not the thing that works for you. Or maybe actually on an honest reflection, you say, you know what, I'd like to try it for a bit longer. Or maybe there's a way to tweak it that it does work for you. So I hope this episode becomes a point to bring some curiosity and to ditch some of the judgment and to spend some time reflecting. And so I see my time management now as a bit of a big experiment. I quite often will say to myself, that's really interesting. You know, if I can feel myself avoiding doing a task now, it's not a point where I buy into the stories of that inner critic telling me that I'm rubbish and I'm useless. Like obviously they'll they'll try and pop up, but I bring a real lens of curiosity and go, that's really interesting. I'm avoiding doing this one. What is it that I actually need? Is it that now's just not the right time to actually do it? Am I, am I exhausted? Is it that I need to break it down into steps? What's the question that still needs answering? Not to end up ridiculously in my head about it, 
but actually to bring some kindness. So I always started asking myself questions and just noticing like what helps me at the times when I feel the most productive? What hinders me in organizing my time? And actually, sometimes the answer won't be the same in every single circumstance because we're humans and we're not robots as much as we'd like there to be an algorithm or a system that we could code in somewhere. So I'm going to share some of the things that actually help me from my observations. Maybe some of those things will help you as well. Maybe you'll resonate with some of these bits. Maybe it will give you a prompt to try the opposite. And I'm aware that as I share this, I'm sharing this from a point of view of now being a business owner rather than me being in a veterinary practice job or in a full-time job somewhere. But there will be bits that you can still take from this. So as I've said so far, I really believe in bringing a really curious mindset rather than a critical one to look at what helps us as individuals. So here are the things that help me. First of all, is to realize that with time management, we can't do everything. And a shout out to those who also have brains that think that they can. Because when we've constantly got this elevated expectation on ourselves to get everything done, we end up, without choosing to do, setting ourselves up for failure. And I remember when I was in clinical practice as a vet, I used to sit there and try and do every single task and get it all finished before I'd leave. And that became a marker for it being acceptable to leave the building. The tricky thing was that the work would always come. You know, another email would arrive. I'd remember one more thing that I hadn't remembered. I'd then suddenly have someone would have left me a note. And quite often I'd end up there until ridiculous times at night. So actually, sometimes it's about us being a bit more compassionate in our expectations so that we can go further and maybe we can be a little more consistent rather than ending up with these huge piles of you should do absolutely everything. And you know what? That left me burnt out. And still sometimes now, because there will be days when, you know, I'll get a real big surge of energy and excitement for a project and I'll dive right into it and I'll do like what seemed like ridiculous amounts of work. And I bring curiosity to notice what maybe helped with that. But I also know that's not going to be realistic for that to be 24 hours a day, nor am I going to be able to do everything. So my second lesson, and I think this is a really big one, so take a second and really soak this one up, is that you can't actually manage your time. You can only manage priorities and tasks because time's going to happen anyway. And not everything can be a priority all of the time. I once heard someone share an analogy, and this really sums up the way that I've noticed that my brain works. And it's the, the doctor's chair analogy. So imagine your brain is like a doctor's waiting room and it's got like six or seven chairs in there. And for some people, neatly, people sit in order of what needs to be done next. And the person that is calling those things in knows which one the next one is. Now that might be you. And if that is awesome, we're all different. But for me, my brain is there's one chair and everybody's trying to sit on it. And the naturally, unless I sit and strategically think about what is a priority, everything will try and sit on that chair, right? There's just one chair and every task is vying to do it. And there isn't an idea of what's a priority and what's not. So what do I do? I start creating a time where I'll set some priorities for the week or for that day. So generally, I tend to sit on a Sunday and I'll talk about this further on in this podcast as well and think about what my priorities are for 
this coming week because we can't do everything coming back to lesson one. We just can't. Otherwise, we end up putting 1% energy to 100 different tasks. And after, I don't know, 100 weeks, we've got exhausted and we've never managed to move any of them forward. Right. So I will spend my Sundays setting my priorities for the week and the day. And it's up to past me setting future me up for success. Otherwise, I know that as an individual, I'll be more driven by the emotions that I feel in that minute. Um, and it might get to the point where I can see all these tasks and I've got that busy brain that would like to do everything that it's like, well, which of these things should we do? There are all these things that we could do and I'm not clear on what the next thing to do is because, you know, we're all individual and that is the tendency that my mind has. So I will set some priorities for the week and I'll put those roughly into each day. Now, I don't make it super, super strict because again, that works for me because I know that I am a cyclical being and sometimes with chronic illnesses, my energy might be a bit lower or a bit higher and I can't predict how that's going to happen, but I can still make something a priority through the week. So I leave some flexibility to that. And again, that's what works for me. So the way that I plan my week, and again, if anyone wants this, just drop me a DM on Instagram because I can share with you the PDF that I use. I start with a brain dump. I get everything out. Honestly, I empty every corner of my mind. And then I'll start to look at, okay, what is urgent? Like what's got a deadline on it? What's coming up? And what's important that it's me to do it? And I know we've said about the Eisenhower matrix and I won't regurgitate it, but I kind of am here, but this is my podcast. So I'll break the rules. I start to look at, right, what has to be a priority this week? And what also am I choosing to be a priority this week? And then I start to look at, is there anyone that I need to communicate these expectations with? And I start to slot those into the week. And you'll see that if you want the PDF, let me know, send me a message. And the reason why I find that valuable as well is that actually planning and executing tasks are different parts of the brain a lot of the time in terms of the types of flow that we end up getting into. And I find that if I spent that time on the Sunday saying, okay, this is what we're aiming to do this week. These are the priorities. This is what success would look like this week to me. Then I know that when it comes to that time and I've said, these are the things that we need to prioritize for the day. These are the tasks that are involved. Then I'll be more likely to take action on those things because I know that there was a, there was an aim behind it. So I'll also leave some flexibility in there where I can do. Um, and also because I do have a lot of ideas, right? I have a lot of ideas that bring me a lot of excitement as well along the line. So in my flexibility, I'll add in some time where I can have some fun with those things too. Maybe it's that I've got a half a day a week where actually those little passion projects that go alongside, I can dive into doing those. Um, maybe it's that I've got some extra half hours through the day that I can go and research and dream and have excitement about those things too. So one of the other things I find really valuable is having what I call a second brain. <laughs> I know that because I have lots of ideas all the time and there are things that pass into my brain and drop back out of it again. I use now my Remarkable just to use as a brain dump on the go. Um, but I used to use the notes in my phone. And sometimes if I'm out and about, I still use the notes in my phone just to note down things that I don't want to forget. And then at the end of the night, I go and I have a look at those and I see if any of those things need putting into my plan for the week. 
or do they need just adding to like a central brain dump? Because that means that I can then use my calendar, I can put reminders, I can write things down. Because how tricky is it when we're trying to remember 10,000 different things in our mind all at the same time? We're trying not to forget that something else is coming up. We forget that something should be a priority because it's due on Friday and we've just completely forgotten about it. So I know, and again, this is for me as an individual, that creating a second brain to dump things as I go is really helpful. And I used to do this in practice as well. I'd have a little notebook. I didn't even know I was doing it at this point. And I realized this from finding this out, that I would just write things down on the list as I went. And then I didn't have to spend all my energy trying to remember it. Another thing along similar lines, actually, because we're all human as well, especially when, you know, if any of you resonate with having quite a busy mind that has lots of ideas, it can feel quite overwhelming quite quickly. Um, and again, one of the things that helps me alongside things like coming back to the moment and breathing and self-compassion and all those things is doing a brain dump just writing it all out. Some of those things that I write out won't be in my control. I can't do anything about them. I cross them off. Maybe they're actually a next year or a next month thing. And it just helps me create a little bit more of a structure. And that might be a midweek, midweek regroup. Um, other lessons that I've got around things like delegation, you know, this is a continuous lesson to me where I have to really bring myself some patience and some kindness around figuring out the best way to delegate things and realizing that other people aren't in our brain. So if we're delegating a task, we have to do it clearly. We have to communicate that well. We have to think about what our expectations are. We have to make it a two-way conversation. And this might be more as a business owner, but for example, there might be tasks that I realize, you know what, this is actually urgent, but it's not important that I do it. So I'm going to get someone else to do this. I'm reflecting back on was that a valuable, useful way to delegate that? And if that task didn't work out the way that I expected it to do, what can I learn about the way that I delegated that? Because maybe there's a different way that I could have done it. Another lesson that I have in terms of time management is parking ideas. We've said already we can't do everything, but sometimes you have a really awesome idea. You're like, how am I ever going to fit this in? Sometimes we don't need to fit it in yet, but we don't want to forget it. So I have a big park type area of ideas and I choose to believe that when the time is right, the opportunity will arise for me to do something with that idea. Um, another thing that I actually find quite valuable, um, and this might be useful for some of you, it might not be useful, but I create little 30 minute sprints. Now, I love a challenge. <laughs> and sometimes you have all those little tasks, those things that if it was the only thing you had to do all day, would be the least engaging, least interesting task ever to do. But actually, sometimes I'll create like 30 minutes where I'm like, look, I'm going to do as many of these little tasks as I possibly can. And it might be things like little live admin things. It might be going and posting about something on LinkedIn. It might be doing all of the like peripheral, like non-core activities, but things that are, they're important to be done, but they're not the biggest priority of the list. But it will engage the way that I like to do things by having that little bit of a challenge to it. So take that one if you need that one. I always love a little 30 minute sprint. I'll set the timer. Sometimes it's 20 minutes, sometimes it's 10 minutes. And um, obviously it's not things where I want to do my best work and I end up rushing it. But at the same time, it's things that otherwise might end up being forgotten or at the bottom of the list. 
Another thing that I find valuable, and again, this is um, something that I'd read in a fantastic book, which I will share the book in the chat actually after this because it's just completely gone out of my head. Um, but the idea of warming up to a task is something that really, really helped me in terms of if I've got something that's a bit meatier, I will notice there is, again, coming to the curiosity around our time management and the kindness to ourselves and having interest. One of the things that I notice is sometimes if there is a big task, that is something that either I'm not sure where to start with it or it's something that's going to take me a long time or maybe it's something that's going to take a lot of attention or energy or it's a bit meatier. I will start to notice that that might go to the bottom of the priority list in terms of I'll find myself picking my phone up and scrolling or I might find myself going and doing something different to avoid it. I want to have a nap. I decide that I'm going to go out for a walk. All these things. Again, for me, I look at it with curiosity. That's really interesting that I'm avoiding doing this one. I found one of the things that really helps me to do that is to find ways to warm up to that task. Again, obviously, every time's different, meeting myself with some curiosity and realizing sometimes it's not the right day to do the task, but other times it needs doing. So that warm up might be, okay, am I going to spend 10 minutes doing some research on this topic first? Occasionally, I will run to things like ChatGPT, ask it a few questions on something just to start to really break down some of those barriers. Maybe it's that actually I am going to watch a YouTube video. Um, maybe I'm going to watch something inspiring. I'm going to listen to a podcast, something that helps me dip a toe into that task and helps just spark a little bit of interest in it. And I find that that is really useful for me. Just heading into like deep work, for example, helps me kind of climb over that wall of getting started rather than judging myself as to, oh God, I'm, so, I'm avoiding this all the time. What is it that helps me just start to get into that mode and switch into that mode? And again, when we think about deep work, I think one thing that is valuable again is this whole idea of self-reflection and what helps us. What do we notice is the distraction for us? Do we want to create Oh, of course we want to create breaks, but what's the most valuable thing for us to do in those breaks? I know for me, and again, I said I'm not going to share these as like, these are methods you should be doing, but the Pomodoro method, a lot of people use, very popular in terms of as doing a short sprint, like 20 to 25 minutes and then a five minute break. I know that if I sit on my phone for that five minute break, it's just a stimulating. It's not a break for my brain, that five minutes, that five minutes is another section of stimulation constantly. So looking at what helps you if you're wanting to get deep into a piece of work and you wanted to do something that you're concentrating on, what helps you do it? Like what are the distractions? How can you minimize those where you can do? How can you work with things that work for you rather than ending up in, in a fight against those things? So I know for me, one of the things that I'll often do is I'll put music on my phone um, I use things like binaural beats I really enjoy and um, sometimes I use things like brown noise or white noise again everyone's different we just have to try these things right and see what helps and that will then help me think about oh I've picked my phone up I'll have to stop my music before I scroll oh it's just a little interrupter for me so I realize that part of this is like focus rather than time or task management but it's just us figuring out with that air of curiosity and kindness and compassion what helps me? 
what haven't I tried? What would I like to try? And I'll tell you, one of the biggest insights for me, and actually I haven't put this on my list, is that I know that I like novelty. And there will be certain things that will be certain routines, certain methods, certain strategies that will work for a while, and then they will lose momentum. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm not being good at sticking with it. That is a point for me to go, okay, what do I need to change up here? What am I going to tweak? Because I've found over the years that there will be some things will work amazingly for a week or two weeks. And then suddenly I've lost as much interest in that. And there are two things I could have done. One is I could have criticized myself and said, oh, you're just not disciplined enough. The second one is I could say, okay, we're just going to shake things up a bit. So for example, with um, time and task management and productivity and things like that, I know that intermittently me going and shaking up where I do my work will really help me. I know that if I head out to a coffee shop and do some work there, that's useful for me. If I go to a coffee shop every single day, quickly the novelty wears off. And sometimes I like being back at home again. Some people listening to this might say, no, I always have to work in the same place. That's okay if that's what you need for your task management. That's all right. So final things, I've got two more things to share as we head into the last parts of this, is for me, in terms of my time management and thinking about what can I actually fit in here and what am I choosing, is saying to people, can I get back to you in 24 hours? Because often, and again, I've um, shown myself a lot of compassion, I've explored this a lot, is those people-pleasing tendencies. And sometimes, I can find that there'll be a lot of excitement around saying yes initially and then after 24 hours you actually look at your capacity and realise that it's not going to be possible. So I always now create that gap. And some people find it valuable to say, you know what, I always create a 24-hour gap. Um, But everyone's different, again. So one thing that I would add, just adding off the back of something that I said there, is the idea of our capacity too. We might have the time but do we actually have the energy and the brain space to take something on? Because often people look at the diary and go, well, Saturday is free. But is that your time to recover? Is that your time to recoup? If it is, then listen to that in yourself. Then that becomes a no. Like There doesn't need to be an explanation behind that. Sometimes it might be a yes. We did um, a session actually on setting boundaries and learning how to say no, and sometimes yes with Vet Empowered. So if anyone wants a recording to that session drop me a dm on instagram i'll send that across but i think the the absolute final lesson that i share in this and again this is a very authentic one with you in terms of time management and task management and planning is i actually for a long time resisted planning um because i thought that it was a restriction i thought that it was something that was going to be really boring and really regimented. I was like, well, I don't work for anyone else now. So I always just want some flexibility and some freedom. And I'll do the things that I want to do when I feel like doing them. And actually, I realized that when I was left with no rules whatsoever, no guidance, that I got a lot less done. And I ended up sat there in my free time worrying about all the things that I should have done that I hadn't done for whatever reason. And the lines got really blurred and it just didn't really help me. And now I realize that actually planning things for me, even if it's in a way that works for me, that's loosely with some flexibility for the fact that I do have chronic health conditions and that I do have um, a lot of different things going on in life and so on and so forth. Planning gave me freedom. 
because it meant that when I said this is a priority for the day, recording these podcast episodes is today's priority, when they're recorded and I've finished, that's it. I've hit the priority for the day. That's cool. I don't need to suddenly go, oh, I should be more productive today. I should have done more stuff. What am I meant to be doing today? I should have been doing more, but I haven't done anything. Uh, and then you sit there for the evening. That is theoretically the time off, but you may as well have been just doing the work. So I found that creating some sort of a structure or plan actually gave me freedom rather than restriction. That is probably one of my most valuable lessons. But as we've said already with all of this, this is about you reflecting back on what helps you. And that is the lesson essentially on, I've called it time management, but actually, as I say, it's priority management. You are going to have your own set of priorities. You are going to have your own set of things that help you. You're going to have your own set of environments and structures and supports. And if you don't know what those things are, sometimes it's trying things with curiosity and looking back and learning the lessons. And it can be useful to have people to help us with that. That's certainly something that I help a lot of my one-to-one clients with is finding the structures and systems that help them, not the ones that they think should help them, but looking at the ones that do help them. We don't need to change loads of things all at once. That's when we feel super overwhelmed, right? Like, oh my God, I've changed all this stuff and it feels so uncomfortable and I'm just going to go back completely to where I was. Versus maybe you listen to this and say, you know what, I'm going to make a rough plan on a Sunday. I'm going to give myself some flexibility and I'm going to see if it made a difference to me over the week. I'd love to know what you think to this episode. So please do share it. Let me know your insights. I really hope this has been valuable. Getting to know the things that help you. There's tons of information on the internet, right? You could read every single different planning technique, every different productivity tool, every different task management theory. And that's great as a theory, but actually the real value is on what helps you casting aside the shoulds of society, then reflecting back, tweaking, trialing, lots of your scientists on here, figuring out what helps, who needs to help you. Is there something that you've observed and you've tried the things that you can and actually there's a conversation to have? And maybe that's it as well. And realizing let's take the judgment off ourselves. Let's start thinking about us as individuals and working with ourselves moving forwards. So enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. I've loved that you've listened to this until the end. Let me know what you think. Lots of love. Hey everyone, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would absolutely love it if you would share your take-homes, subscribe on the podcast channel that you're listening, leave me a review and make sure that you drop me a follow at Katie Ford Vet and keep in touch.